Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Carolina Social Club podcast. This is episode number 28, and I am joined this week by B and Eddie. Eddie, uh, got a little touch of the vid going on right now. Hey, everybody, I'm coming to you live from the COVID dome. I'm going to be rude and need a flavor of ice on air. Um, and you know, just kind of live with it because that's, that's how I'm going to get through this one. B, how you doing? I don't have COVID, so I probably won't die when we record this, unlike our co-host here. But, uh, you know, I'm making it. Ars is a motherfucker. Listen to this fucking hater. Oh, I'm not <laughs> hating. I'm not hating. I'm, Dude, I'm vax waxed and ready to relax. I'm good. B, you had a, a busy day today, yeah? Man, y'all. I'll tell moved. you this much. I was napping while you were doing that bullshit. How about that? So I had the world's shittiest like day because nobody needs to fucking move in june no if you move in june i hate you i hate you with all <laughs> of my heart okay look my friend getting married to this girl and she moved into a new town home and so he's all like don't worry about it girl we'll we'll take care of it i got a crew i got a crew that'll be here girl you don't even have to be here okay first off she wasn't even there she didn't even move her own shit. And she had a treadmill from like 2002. You know how big them treadmills are? Yeah, they're fucking huge. Yeah, it's like the fucking, it's like one of those giant Chinese warships. Ridiculous. So yes, I, I moved, I helped uh, my friend move his girlfriend to her new place. Um, I'm sunburnt, I'm exhausted. And I'm coming at y'all live in pure sexy mode right now. Shirts off, panties off. It's going down. So we're just like really rocking. I just found out that uh, LeBron James is in town. That's cool. Mm. Some some dude uh, on the Charleston subreddit said that his wife just checked him in at one of the hotels here. So, you know, that doesn't really affect me or at all in any kind of way whatsoever. But it's always interesting when like, Big time celebrities are here. Yeah, but you know, it's it's got COVID and bees exhausted and sunburned. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. You know, I'm, yeah, I'm I, got, doing, I got nothing to report except that uh, I guess LeBron James in my city I'm, about that. I'm doing all my right. Favorite I, basketball players in town. That's all I can say. Yeah, I'm I'm doing all right. Uh, no COVID. <sighs> no, I didn't. I didn't move. Um, we would have been moving about two weeks ago if we hadn't resigned the lease here. So, you know, and then B would have hated you. Yeah, oh, I would, I would have hated, my, have I would have hated myself. Yeah. I'm about, to, I'm about to say, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't have called me and been like, "Hey, come move me." I, I'm pretty sure he would have called you. I think he's got more friends down there. I'm, I'm past the friend stage. I love my I friends too much to ask him. Yeah, I don't fuck with that. It, like, I, I, will I won't. Pay. Yeah, Do I'll put that shit on the dollars? credit card. All right, there you go. Yeah. Get, get to go and move. That's what I don't get, man. You yeah. look. I can't speak for y'all young whippersnappers, but I'm pushing 40. And like, I ain't trying to be like moving people in any time of year. Save up your money. Go get two (laughs) two men in a truck. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's it literally speaking, like, the last time I moved, I moved from upstairs to downstairs. I called up a dude. I said, Can you get people out here to move me? It's just from floor to one floor. He said, Yeah, but my minimum is $250. I said, That's fine. Bring them worth it you're gonna need two people maybe he said okay that's fine i'll bring the whole crew so he brought seven dudes who moved me in 25 minutes 
Hell yeah. I mean, they were just, they were just running into one another on the stairs. And I said, you know what? I feel absolutely excellent about the amount of money I paid for that. Yeah. Yes. No, dude. Okay. I like, have to worry about anything. When we moved from the townhouse into the house that we're in now, I literally took a personal loan out so that I could afford to pay for them to move us. I was not oh, yeah. like, I was not fucking around with it. And we, I, I mean, we still, around. we still move a lot of the stuff on our own just because it's like, we have a lot of like antique furniture from stuff that Kelly's found and, and fixed yeah, up sure, and stuff like that. Sure, but, but, but yeah, all the other stuff, dude, fuck that. Like I've got a, I have one nice piece of furniture. Okay, it's my it's my dresser, uh, my, my, my my fucking bureau or whatever, um, and it's from like 1968, and it's got a glass topper and all that shit. And the, really, the only super notable thing about it is it's heavier than fuck because it's before they started making everything out of I don't know, crushed up crushed up <laughs> newspapers. Yeah. So I will never move that thing on my own like ever. That's always going to be a crew handles it piece of equipment. Yeah, for sure. B, are you guys doing anything for Father's Day? I'm the father. I ain't doing a goddamn thing. I I saw a a, a, a comic clip or whatever talking about how Father's Day is like the 20th most popular holiday. It's behind stuff like Arbor Day and shit like that. Yeah. What the fuck do you even do for Arbor Day though? I don't know. We're taking our dad to to lunch for Father's Day. That's uh, I was best say for Arbor Day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're taking him to taking him for lunch. Big Arbor Day family for... over here. Yo, don't don't sleep on those Arbor Day sales. Okay, doorbusters galore. Hell yeah, the, the Arbor Day barbecue though. Sign. Oh God, man. Oh God. And I, oh, I would have asked God. you, Eddie, but like you you got COVID, so I know you're not doing anything tomorrow. <laughs> so... Yeah, that's absolutely accurate. Now, uh, uh, no, we did the we did a nice Father's Day dinner last weekend um we went to some italian joint in town it was eh. nothing wrong with that you like that i mean if i'm gonna go somewhere where like the average plate price is 40 some odd dollars for me growing up with the funds that i grew up with i expect that shit to be like god himself put it on a plate because it's forty dollars, that's like a family of four at McDonald's, family of six if you stretch it. Oh, yeah. And you know, it was just it was it was all right. <laughs> you know, that's all I could say about it. Is it was all right. What's the average like cost of a plate of food where you're at? I mean, like where? Just like know? in just like in like in in Charleston. Is there, like, unless a place you're, I can look that up. I don't know. Uh, in Charleston, if you're like. You can expect to pay almost a minimum of twenty dollars to to get like a, a decent restaurant plate of food. Like obviously that that rules out your fast food and like your Applebee's and shit like yeah, that. But yeah. mid range restaurant apparently, according to uh, cost of living license in Kentucky, um, for a meal at an inexpensive restaurant, you pay about nine fifty a person. That seems about right. At a mid-range restaurant, one that offers three courses, the average price is twenty-five per seat. This is where I don't know if I agree, because like, all right, we have Lexington Diner. It's a really good diner, a lot of variety. Probably get away with a ten-dollar entree there, right? Mm. You have a nice kind of mid-range place, um, Azor Sushi, you know, but that's sushi. Um, probably the most expensive restaurant in the city is Jeff Ruby's, and the cheapest steak there is sixty-eight dollars. 
uh, your averages are kind of getting fucked up, you know, <laughs> like that's how it is here too. Cause we have like a bunch of fine dining restaurants downtown and you can pretty much expect to pay like 60 to $80 a plate, I think. But like, you know, for normal people, if you want to go, you know, to a barbecue spot or whatever, you're looking at probably 20. Oh man. Good barbecue. You can get a pretty decent barbecue plate for about 14 bucks. What about you? What about you, B? I know it's I know it's a little different in the upstate. Um, it's between fifteen and twenty-five, I think, on average. Upstate, fancy boys. You're looking at um, you got some really nice spots like in the city. Um, you know, like um, those cheesemongers and all that shit that they have up there. Those are expensive as hell. Um, but oh, and then there's this hole in the wall joint. It looks like a hole in the wall, but it's got the best steak on like in the south it's amazing apparently called the beef and bottle and their shit is like somewhere between 30 and 70 dollars depending on the cut i'm looking that up now oh wow that place does look like a beef and bottle is a great name it is a great name so we have this place called hall's chop house here that's that's like everybody points to for you know their fine dining experience or whatever and uh it's it's pretty intense right there you can you can expect to pay no less than you know 50 bucks for steak for just just for steak the reason i asked is because uh kelly went to connecticut or vermont last year and uh they stopped at a thai place in connecticut and thai here is about like 12 to 15 dollars an entree just in Charleston, no matter pretty much no matter whatever Thai food you go to. She said they found this hole in the wall Thai place in Connecticut that was like eight fifty for an entree. And that sounds so fucking cheap to me now. When like probably twenty years ago, that would have sounded crazy expensive. And it's just it's just nuts how how much that kind of stuff has changed as I've gotten older. Gotta love Thai food. I, I do not love Thai food, but I'm also allergic to coconut, so I can't really eat curry. So my, my my original when you said I don't eat, eat Thai food or like Thai food, my first thought was you should try a green coconut curry. Yeah, but there you go. Yeah, it's not. Boy, Guess that you, won't be happening. You give me a, a fine pad Thai, just something. No, it doesn't even have to be elegant. Just a decent pad Thai, put me to bed. That's amazing. I like the <laughs> uh, I like the green curry. I like the uh, basil rolls, the basil spring rolls in the wrap. I do like those. Those are good. Yeah, usually when when she wants Thai, I'll either get something else or I, I get like what is essentially a kid's meal at a Thai place. You're, you're, you're a fucking chicken fry eating weirdo. Yeah, get, get like a tempura chicken and, and like a little okay. side of fried rice and that's yeah, I'm good. Get a, get a kid's meal for this fucking ex-NBA guy. <laughs> yeah. This, yeah. For this draft prospect from Slovenia over here at this table, I would like chicken nuggets, hamburger, and coke. Yeah, I mean, listen, it is what it is, right? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop this menu on you just because it's fun for me to say, "Hey, look at this place," because it's it's intense. Uh, they do a halibut ceviche for twenty seven dollars. That's just an appetizer. That's happy. Yeah, this place is like same same price point as is the one that I link to. Like they have, it's just. 
They have this a sixty-five dollar appetizer that I had didn't try the one time I've eaten here, and I kind of want to, even though it's basically like playing Russian roulette with my hypertension. Spanish ham, truffled pimento That's cheese, one. buttermilk biscuits, seasonal accoutrement. Like, what does that even? What does that even mean? Seasonal accoutrement. Like, I mean, like if it's summertime, they probably got a little bit of like peaches there or some shit. I don't know. It's it's. Why it's, is this sixty-five dollars? Because it's Yamani Bitterco. It's the most expensive ham in the world. I guess. No, I mean that's that's not my guess. That's a fact. I'm just saying, like, I I guess more is just like a. I'm just dismissive of the idea of paying sixty five dollars for an appetizer. I don't give a oh, fuck I'm about the ham. Hundred percent. Give me some. Give me some Lando Frost ham and some pimento cheese, and I'll be fine. Yeah, honestly, just give me the from from. Uh, um, oh, I can't remember the name of the place. Josh, help me out. Even though you haven't lived in the city for forever. Um, <laughs> what the, the 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 grocery store near Verity. Oh God! Uh, the food, food fair. Food fair. Yeah. Give me, give me, give me food fairs, deli, ham, and tomato cheese. Shit, man! Food fair. Food fair, bro. I don't know what the fuck anybody's talking about right now. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Like, have you, have you ever lived in a city where, like, there's okay. the nice, like, the the Publix or the Ralphs or the Kroger, and then there's maybe like. Maybe like there's a there's there's a sub place like maybe there's a giant eagle or a big bear or something like that, and then there's like the local uh, grocery store. Food fair was the local one. They were not as good as Kroger, not as good as the Piggly Wiggly, but damn it, they were in the neighborhood. Yeah, I think our local one is Food Lion. Hell yeah, Food Lion and yeah, I ain't seen Food Lion in a minute. Actually, I haven't seen it in a while just because I haven't been out to Virginia. I think y'all got Ingles in the upstate too. Ingles was fucking awesome though. Yeah, the Ingles are Ingles is just a little bit west of me. They don't have them in Charlotte. Yeah, that was a big uh big Greenville, Spartanburg, Clemson area spot. There's one in uh randomly in Hendersonville, North Carolina. And I know that because in 2018, we were up in Hendersonville for the Apple Festival, and uh, I had to come back early because there was a hurricane on the way, and I worked for the insurance agency, and so it's always all hands on deck or whatever. And so we did all of our hurricane shot, like a hurricane food shopping, at the Angles in Hendersonville and just carried all that food back to Charleston. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Oh, uh, so I don't know if you guys are ready to pivot away from grocery stores. <laughs> I was just thinking, um, like, how fucking old man, have, I, how I, have I, we? How old have we gotten? That we're talking about <laughs> fucking, the fucking quality of grocery stores. God damn! So you want to anyway. turn us away from this barn burner of a topic? I guess that's your fucking <laughs> business. Pal. So I told these guys I'm gonna tell. However, you know, all the tens of our listeners. Um, about what what I've been going through here lately. I have signed up with this kind of like telehealth experiment thing that Novant Health is trying out. And um, it's really kind of cool. So they give you a tablet, right? Um, And this tablet, nice Samsung tablet, can't do anything else but this one thing on it. So that's cool. Um, And they give you a scale and they give you a blood pressure. armband thing you know monitor all of that and one of those oxygen thingamajigs they put on your finger 
every day you have to input um, your blood pressure, your, your pulse rate, your blood oxygen, and your weight. And it's all connected via Bluetooth. So you don't actually input it. It just goes in automatically. Um, man, I used to like kid, like joke about the fact that like, I always feel like I need some kind of um, oversight. I need somebody constantly poking and prodding me. Uh, I really fucking do. Cause like, I wasn't taking this shit seriously the first couple of days. I'm like, all right, whatever. Yeah, do my shit. You know, the third day I went up a pound. I'm like, all right, it's fine. You know, whatever. And then I come back on day uh, four and there's a little like flashing thing on the screen and I press it and I forgot that the fucking doctor sees this shit like every day <laughs> and he can chat with me at random. And he's like, Brandon, I took a look at your your stuff here. I want to make sure that you're uh you're following the procedure and that you're 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 not slacking because we don't want you to slack. We want to see consistent work as we go through. Now we need to make sure that you're going to be counting all your calories, and we need to make sure that you're going to be checking your weight, and you've got to be going down or staying level. We can't have any of this going up anymore. We're done with that. We're all going down. And I'm just like, damn. But so I guarantee day fucking five, I lost a pound. I wasn't fucking with that shit no more. I, I I do not do scoldings well. And as soon as I read that shit, I was like, nope, never again. Not doing that. So this first week that I've had this, man, I have dropped four pounds total. Hell yeah. It's pretty actually, dope. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm really glad to hear that, man. I've, yeah, that's uh, badass. I've actually dropped a little bit myself. Uh, I, I don't think COVID related, um, but when they intaked me to do my PCR, my my BP was a little high and it put the fear of God in me. So I got like extremely militant about my sodium intake. And anytime I'm militant about my sodium intake, the weight just fucking falls off because you did can't not, take in any fat. Did shit. they not give you anything for your your BP? Oh no, I'm on medicine. Okay. And like like Cinepril or something like that. I'm on three medicines, bro. Word. Really? For your blood pressure? Yeah, bro. I have cardiomegaly. My heart is enlarged. Like like how muscle gets strong. Yes. And gets bigger. Yes. I was putting my heart through so much strain that it got larger and more powerful, but it's never supposed to. So it doesn't actually complete a full pump or a full release anymore. That's it's, wild. Yeah, it's like it's like full on. Like I let it get so bad for so long that I pretty much will likely permanently have hypertension for the rest of my life. If I dropped to a buck seventy, I'd probably still be on at least one of these. But I want to get down to two medicines as my as my current stretch goal. I'm only, I'm only on like almost certain with a combination of something inside the pill itself. I'm on so, I'm on pure Losartan. I'm on the amlodipine basalates, a uh, little mini one of those, and uh, hydrochlorothiazide. I also take a Bayer, but you know it's it's just a Bayer. Speaking of feeling old, y'all, I yeah. finally officially take enough pills that I literally looked at my wife and I said, "Hey, babe, um, I'm gonna need to get me one of them seven day pill things." Uh, oh, bro, you don't have those? Those things are the shit. And then yeah, she was like, I have, I have one of the. 
right here, bro. <laughs> and, she, and she was like, "I got you. I got a spare one." Pool I mean, bars, yeah, pool bars are the shit, man. Uh, I used to. I mean, it's, it was my it was my descent into senior senior citizenship. It ain't it ain't a descent thing. I mean, you could you could be doing what I did with some of my spare time today, which is my uh, personal trainer when we last met was like, I want you to consider finding a pre workout that works for you. And I'm like, okay, I'll look. And so I've been doing for at least a day's worth uh, nutrition label comparisons to to non caffeine pre workout. Wow. Because this may shock you, but some of them have a shit fuck of sodium. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. 310 milligrams in some of them. That's a lot. That's a sodium. lot. Yeah. For On top of caffeine? Yeah. No, not for me. No, sir. Oh, somebody's blowing off fireworks out there. So that's actually funny. We, I was, it was last weekend. Um, I was just up here. It might have been. It might have been the same day that we did the podcast. I'm not sure. Uh, but I was up here and I heard what I thought was fireworks going off. It was just one. It was like one firework, I thought. And then like probably five minutes later, I heard another one. It sounded a lot different. Well, apparently Kelly, Kelly had taken the dog out uh, and she had gotten stopped by a cop. Because apparently somebody was shooting a gun off in the neighborhood. I live in a fucking suburb, guys. Like, <laughs> shoot, people shooting guns off in the neighborhood is not something that typically happens here. Oh, and you should, I'm so used to it at this point. Yeah, I just like that's something that happens in my brother's neighborhood because they don't have like an HOA and they're all spread out and it's like. But they don't have I'm an sorry. HOA. I'm sorry. That's, that's you the, have that an was HOA the... gang warfare just descends upon the <laughs> I mean, listen, dude. Listen, your are a certain height and a certain distance from the curb, or else, and Josh just sort of raises his shirt, do we have a problem? <laughs> I, I'll say, is there any neighborhood that I've lived in that's had an HOA has never had guns being shot off in it? Any neighborhood I've lived in that doesn't have an HOA has. Until until last week. Well, but that's that's kind of a. Uh, I don't think the HOA is why. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I know. No, I, know. I don't know. If, uh, attend the next meeting and maybe bring it up. And, well, what's and our gun it? policy? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, am I allowed a certain amount of guns? You know, how many bullets can I have? You know, that sort of thing. This is wild. The head of our HOA is a state trooper. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. We we don't get any more or less cops than usual, and he's on the other side of the subdivision. So I feel perfectly safe. Oh. <laughs> yeah. The good thing is, is that my house is like in the middle of a bunch of other houses. So every time I think to myself, I get paranoid. I'm listening to like spooky shit. And I'm like, somebody could break in at any moment. I, I stop myself and I go, there's plenty of other dumb motherfuckers that they can break into. And like, ah. I'm good. Whatever. <laughs> Let the house on the corner get jacked. I'm good. Whew. Well, I'm glad to hear that the the health watchdog thing is working pretty well for you. Yes, I've got it for the next six months. Oh yeah, you're about to be like super cut. I'm dude, I'm I'm loving it, man. I love being held accountable. I 
I always feel kind of silly when I say shit like that because I'm like, I'm a grown ass man. I shouldn't have to worry about feeling accountable, like being held accountable. But it's just like that makes it so much easier. I mean, it does. My thing is, is like, you know, if I didn't need to worry about being held accountable, that I wouldn't be 370 pounds. You know, like if it wasn't a problem, then I wouldn't have the problem. <laughs> it's yeah. clearly a problem. Good, Plus, good, I have good. the problem. Yeah. Mm. You'll be looking like a young boxing Tex Cobb. I cannot wait to see who gets that reference. I mean, so, so they can explain it to me because I don't know that reference. Oh, uh, when we when we did the uh, one of the podcasts, we had mentioned who we would cast, and I was like, I've got casting for B, and I said, oh. Tex Cobb. Oh, that guy! And, and you were like, Oh, you know, I'm not mad at that. Surprisingly, yeah. but I mean, look at him when he when he fought Ali. You know, this this, this <laughs> guy was lean and cut. You gotta you gotta get wraps and go to the boxing gym in jeans. That's how they did shit in the 1970s. Really? Huh. I guess. Uh, I, don't know. I mean, there's photographic evidence right there. I don't really, I don't really know much about what happened in the '70s. So I know that New York was fucked up. Yeah, um, and disco was a yeah, thing. Yeah, cocaine for sure. I thought cocaine was in the '80s. I feel like we were still doing cocaine in the '70s. You know, somebody send us a message. Let us know, like, when was cocaine? Wasn't the '70s? Thing? Wasn't the '70s the heyday of Studio Fifty Four? Yeah, that entire thing was basically coke. I I don't know. I don't, I mean, I just I don't think about cocaine. I guess because it's like Scarface and shit like that. That that was in '83, you know. And I think about cocaine when I think about. Well, I think we probably have to differentiate a little bit. Like, there's party cocaine, which I always imagine is like a 1970s thing, and then there's like we make more money than God cocaine, and that's an '80s thing for sure. There's there's a there's an American psycho cocaine and there's and there's disco cocaine. <laughs> there's okay. a cocaine that gave us gremlins too, and there's cocaine that gave us the warriors. <laughs> oh yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> cocaine the cocaine that gave us uh, apocalypse now, you know. Oh god. Fucking hell. Yeah. I'm glad I will I'm glad to not have been around in the 70s. For one, mixed race marriage. But you know. Right. The seventies just seemed it just just don't think I want to deal with that time, you know. Um I want to deal with all that mess. I don't, man. Cause I here in the South, like you don't hear about the South in the seventies, except for like in the heat of the night or some shit like that. You don't you hear about like more racism, but you don't really hear about how the South dealt with the seventies. I can't tell you shit except for like gas shortages and shit like that. I don't know. Now you get to the 80s and then when disco dies out in the cities and you see the rise of like shit like hip hop you still don't hear shit out in the south. <laughs> yeah, you really don't. I was going to say Mississippi Burning but that was 1964. So Yeah, just assume we were racist and just, just assume, just assume that was the way it was through like 1993. Shit. We'll just we'll just put a question mark at the end of that dash when we talk BD. about the years fans. It's yeah. Like a sleepover that's gonna get wild. <laughs> We're just not sure when it's gonna <laughs> Yeah, man. For we live in the South, y'all. Like we live in a realm where like a, a fucking New York City grifter. 
can literally convince everybody that he's the second coming of Jesus. So, I mean, like, we aren't exactly known to be the most intellectual, like, culture in America. Yeah, no, we really aren't. But, but, to our defense, we don't have that many cults. Also true. Just, you know, Southern Baptists and... Yeah, I was about to say you don't really have to. Have, you, you don't have room for cults. There's, there's always you know what twenty six, twenty seven different variations of baptism. And then, okay, we, we have don't evangelicals have cults, too. We don't yeah. have cults that do mass suicides. No, no, you've got you've got Southern Baptists, you got traditional free will Baptists, you got uh, uh, Crystal Baptist, you got New Baptists, mm. Snake handling Baptists, you got. I gotta tell you, there's plenty of times when I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm I'm alone and I'm like, I gotta make some money. I gotta make some money. And I think to myself, I could just be a preacher. That'll be easy. Yeah, I'll just be a preacher. I'll I'll tell my friends to delete every one of these podcasts, and then I will go and be a preacher. We'll scrub my scrub my entire existence from online, and then oh. Mr. Hughes, we took a look at your search history. Motherfucker! Oh, no. Yeah, we're done. We're out. They found me. Uh, my search history is clean enough I could run for political office, but I couldn't be a preacher. Although, I will say, you know, we did see last week, like, Southern Baptists drop all those names of people that were, like, sexually abusive. So, there's that. <laughs> Fuck. That moving treadmills and shit getting to you, bud? She had twisty staircases, man. It wasn't even a straight staircase. Fuck that, dude. There's that's no staircase was, that makes that good. That's how it was moving from the apartment. Like, that was the fucking worst. Uh, and I was moving it. Actually, I was moving it with an actual preacher, but. He was laughing at all of my really bad sex jokes, so I was cool with that. <laughs> well, I mean, that's good. I feel like I would go to that church. No, <laughs> bad, bad sex joke church. No, if I if, if we were sitting there and we were trying to like figure out where we can put some straps, right, so that we can lift the thing up, and and Chris, the the friend who I unfortunately had to do this shit with, well, for I mean, uh, he's just like, yeah, we need to slide the strap through this hole, and I'm like. <clears throat> And he goes, yeah, I know what I said before I said it. And I was like, yeah, hey, you know how it is. Any holes of gold, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? People started laughing. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I love Jesus too, man. That's cool. Saying any holes of gold to a preacher. I love it. As you doing, you know, it's a beautiful thing, y'all. Beautiful thing. We need more preachers like that. If I had a preacher like that whenever I was younger, I'd probably be all right. I don't know. Did y'all go to church when y'all were younger? I did not. Absolutely hey. did. What kind of uh, what kind of denomination did you go? DOC, uh, Catholic initially, then DOC. Uh, still went to Catholic summer camp though. Wow. So I've been. I was. I've only gone to Southern Baptists. Uh, I went to like a Pentecostal once, but like mostly it's all been Southern Baptists. I always wanted to go to the Chocolate Church. That oh, was the a cool one. Chocolate Church was awesome. Yeah, that was yeah. a good. That was a good uh, concert venue too. How was it? 
yeah, 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 fuck yeah. I did um concert band in there. Yeah, I did like a a thing with like all the music teachers and other musicians from around the area there. It was like the it was like the Vivaldi Christmas concerto. That's what it was. I gotta look to see. Oh, that was that was the Methodist church. Okay, I, got, I gotta tell you, when you called it chocolate church, I honestly thought you meant like a black church. Let me hold on. I'll I'll send you Yeah, like it's it it just it's, it, it's, it looks like a, chocolate. It's, yeah, it's a stone church that's painted brown. So oh, okay. it looks it looks legitimately like it's just made of chocolate. Yep. Uh not uh not on whatever you thought I was talking about. I will say straight up that yeah. the chocolate churches I've been to are pretty fucking dope. I've I've heard a lot of really good things about black churches. And yes. uh like I would I definitely would would be interested in going to a black church just to experience it. Oh, I've been to black churches before, they're awesome. Yeah, I've only ever so my thing with church every is, type of church I've only ever been technically I have to but it's only because I play gigs there most most weddings and shit like that are in churches or like you know that kind of thing never I, I think I've been to maybe like 10 church services for the actual church service in my entire life yep that's the old chocolate church right there um mm. I I, I I'll keep it. I'll keep it a hundred with you guys. I I love churches. They're so cool. Like I love. Yeah. I love. I love uh, as a building. Yeah. As a, as a building, as a community center, as uh, seeing how different people connect with the divine, however that looks to them, that will and even and even varying variations within the same thing. Like I've been to Holy Family, which was the big Catholic church. Yep. In Ashland, I've also been to a. Catholic Church in St. Augustine, Florida. And it's like night and day because it just has such a different vibe. Um, you know, and, and that always just, it, it fascinates me. I don't know. I just think it's cool. Yeah. It's, I always love church acoustics. Um, it always makes everything sound so much bigger. Uh, we Anytime, pretty much, I, I got asked to play a gig in a church, whether it was here or in Kentucky or whatever, I, I take it because it's it's always such an interest. It's a unique experience. Mm-hmm. Built for, but also the buildings, I mean, for sure. Yeah. My, one of my favorites to go to uh, was in Huntington, West Virginia. It was the Greek Orthodox Church. Yep. I think I think I went with you there for a Greek festival yeah. one time. Hell yeah, dude. Greek festival. One of the well, with you, you and your mom, actually. Yeah. yeah. It was me, you, I think Mama and Lee. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lee was yeah, there too. Yeah. Intense good time out there. Everybody supremely drunk at the church. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they were. The food was so good too. They enjoy getting drunk at the church on the Uzo. And I know that sounds like I'm just making some sort of racial generalization, but I'm pretty sure any person involved in that church would be like, oh, yeah, Greek Fest. Yeah, we get pretty fucked up. <laughs> This is really not what this episode was going to be about, today. Um, well, but I'm got, but I'm good with it, man. Like, I mean, I've I, I've been sleeping all day and getting very little amounts of sleep in other days, so my brain's in a bit of a flighty place. No, I'm good with it. Like, I I 
I like when these conversations just kind of take on a life of their own. Yeah, and... so let's get deep into religion, guys. Top three states go. <laughs> oh, real, real quick, real quick. Uh, something else that was really cool. It's yeah. not religious based, religion based, but one of the people that helped me move today was a a, a girl um, walking around with a Mothman shirt on. I was like, that's dope as fuck. She goes, yeah, my family's from Point Pleasant. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> I've met one of you. And I had to be like, yeah, you know, I'm. I'm a little bit of a West Virginian myself. And she's like, oh, you're from Point Pleasant? Well, no, there are other places in West Virginia. I don't... <laughs> That's the only place in West Virginia. She was She was correct. Oh, my God, man. Point but Pleasant, yeah, no. Morgantown. No. Hey, fuck Morgantown. <laughs> That's the thing about West Virginians. I've come to find, like, if you're from West Virginia, you're, you never know a stranger. Because everybody who knows somebody from West Virginia... Will straight up call you out, be like, "Oh shit, you West Virginia, come here, boy. I'm from West Virginia too." And then they I, some random ass like hole in the wall, hole in the side of the mountain. Fucking, you be like, "Yeah, I know that place," even though you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. We went to my cousin's wedding in Florida this number of years ago, and uh, one of the things that we do as a family, uh, in the extended family, the clan, uh, you know, is we like to play a little, play a little music around a fire. And invariably, being that everybody's from West Virginia, we're going to sing Country Roads. Mm-hmm. That's not up for fucking debate. So we're all at the same hotel, and they have like a fire pit area. So we decide we're going to take that over, and we're going to play some tunes and drink some shine, which we do like fucking hillbillies. But the moment we started off Country Roads, Every person who wasn't involved in the wedding who just happened to be in Florida from West Virginia filtered out of the hotel. Oh yeah. <laughs> they were like, oh, yeah. oh shit. It was it was it was like the the sirens went off in Silent Hill. There was like, oh shit, we gotta go. Dude, that that is some Pied Piper shit right there. Man. That happens 100%. that happens all over the South. Like so I told a story, I don't know if it was last episode or the episode before, about going to the Mimosa Festival and getting absolutely hammered. One of the yeah. things that happened there that happens anytime there's an outdoor deal or, you know, that involves alcohol or even sometimes not is that the, whatever cover band is playing plays Sweet Caroline. And so everybody does bop, bop, bop every single time, no matter, no matter where they're at. I hate bop, bop, bop so much, man. It's it's ridiculous. Is this big business down here? There, the Sweet Caroline? Yeah, Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Big, big, big. Why? I, I have no idea. Because we're in the Carolinas and it's Caroline and we don't have many Carolina songs. Well, there you go. You've got... Because see, if you do James Taylor, it's, they're they're all kind of um, they, I mean, they're, yeah, somber, but they're there's, no bah, bah, there's, there's no bop, bop, bop on a James Taylor you're not There's not a whole lot of sing with James Taylor. I, I feel you. Carolina, yeah. bop, bop, bop. No, it doesn't work quite <laughs> the way you want it to. I feel like you got to have more than those, though. No. I mean, we've got plenty of Carolina songs, but we don't have plenty that is like renowned to the point where everybody would be able to sing it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I guess "Raise Up" by P.D. Pablo and for everybody. No, that, I don't think I would hear that at the you know, the basic white girl mimosa festival. <laughs> you probably should. I probably should. You're right. Wait, how is how is Wagon Wheel a Carolina's song because who is, because Hootie is from, from Charleston. Carolina. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, the Avid Brothers who did it first is from um, Lexington. The Avid Brothers do it first. Yeah, yeah, but like, if you ask anybody here, just like I did, they're going to be like, "That's a Hootie song," or "That's a Darius oh, Rucker song." I see. see, and that's interesting because you ask people here, and it's 
It's not the Avid Boys. It's not the Avid Boys. Somebody else, but they are from North Carolina. Crow Medicine Show? Yeah, there we go. Thank you. Yes. And yeah. they are from North Carolina, too. Um, but yeah, you guys are. really don't have a whole lot going on. I mean, you got the Carolina Chocolate Drops, and they rule. Um, there's that one Zach Brown song. I don't think they are together anymore, Chocolate Drops. Uh, Fun anecdote, of, by the way. It's Gil, I guess. Fun anecdote. My mom went to high school with Darius Rucker. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. 54 songs about North and South Carolina. Well, hell, I'm going to figure this out. <laughs> this is the this is like the most Carolina Social Club episode we've ever hey, had. Yeah, we, let's live up to the name. I mean, this, this, is, this is as Carolina as the barbecue arguments. Um, let's, let's not bring it back up. Be and I are on speaking terms again. Um, <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right. Wagon Wheel is number five listed by Darius Rucker. Yep. Wow. Yeah. I guess Bob which Dylan is wrote it. I've but it's also heard, featuring Lady, Lady Antebellum, which is, yeah, I don't know if you know the story about Lady A and Lady, Lady Antebellum or whatever, but that's some crazy yeah. shit too. Uh, Carolina by Eric Church. I don't know who that is. Me either. Oh, Carolina by Parmalee. I don't know what that is. Beer Never uh, Broke My Heart by Luke Combs. <laughs> ironically, ironically, like I find the uh, the North Carolina, like this link that I just shared with you guys, top 15 North Carolina songs, number two, Old Crow Medicine Show. Okay, okay. okay. That's weird. hilarious. It's this weird. is the most 1993-ass fucking country song name I've heard in my life. I don't even know if it's country. It's called Carolina Girls by General Johnson and the chairman of the board. <laughs> oh, you know. No Ryan relation, Adams, by the way. Ryan Adams from uh, from Jacksonville. He did Oh My Sweet Carolina, which is amazing. Yeah, a lot of these motherfuckers just say Oh Carolina, and I think they're different songs. Yeah. But like, get a little bit more google it first and be like oh shit yeah there is a song about carolina oh sarah Bareilles did a carolina song i had no idea carolina is a nice word to say when you're singing a song but like it really matters that you find somebody who's from the place to sing a song about the place yeah for me that's why i don't like the neil diamond song so much it's why i don't like country roads Mm. you know i just want to hear it from someone who's there listen we we had to take country roads oh no i get it we have have far less than you And you're from you have Kentucky. an entire. What do you, what do you have in Kentucky? For Kentucky songs? Yeah. Uh, you got Kentucky Home. You got Blue Moon of Kentucky. Um, you have the theme from Justified. You have any of any any hip hop group that you could even marginally say has a connection to Kentucky. You try to take on or or even. North Tennessee, um, cunning linguist from Versailles. We 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 claim that. Um, I'm fairly certain we claim nappy roots in some regard, or at least I do, because twang's my fucking shit. You got that um, um the Harlan song too that was popularized by Justin. Never leave Harlan alive. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a big popular one. Um, we got fucking uh, uh, anything by Nashville Pussy or Nine Pound Hammer. Let's see, Kentucky Rain by Elvis Presley. No, he's not. From yeah, there. he's not from there. Give me, give me people from. I mean, we have the Judds too, so you can't escape that. And we have uh, oh, the achy breaky boy. I mean, Billy Ray. I said, didn't didn't 
The judge tried to escape Kentucky, didn't they? Ashley, I know she stuck around. Eh, escape came back. We they'll never they'll never, they'll never watch it off. Well, I guess I guess Winona's buried there now. So yep. I guess she's stuck there forever. I mean, you have to have Blue Moon in Kentucky. That's 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 pretty high up there. You, you know? count um coal miner's daughter? All day. Yeah. Loretta from fucking dog patch. Probably. Uh, growing up in Butcher Hollow. Butcher Hollow, that's right. Old Butcher Hollow. Now, I, when I got this uh, record player that I got here, it's next to my desk. I inherited a uh, Loretta Lynn Christmas uh, album. Very excited for Christmas time. Gonna... That's probably going to be fucking excellent, actually. <laughs> it's going to be the shit. Yeah. And you know what? I, I, I will also mention one very important band and one very important song. The most most important thing to understand the vibe of being from Kentucky in a certain degree is a song called Dumas Walker. Yeah, I've never You've never heard Dumas I don't think Walker. I've I don't think I've heard that. No. Let's all go. Oh, I can't sing. Uh, fucking Dumas Walker is by the Kentucky Headhunters. They have some of the best harmonies in the game. And the Kentucky Headhunters. I don't know that song. Oh dude, that's the that's the that's the one. Far as I'm concerned, far more than Old Kentucky Home, which was written by Stephen Foster and is racist as fuck. <laughs> Replace that with anything else. Re- Replace that with Dumas Walker. <laughs> fuck. Replace that with When You're Hot, You're Hot by Jerry Reed. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Song whips. There's got to be a. I mean, there's a state in the union that has the least amount of musical claim. Right, Rhode Island, probably Rhode uh, Island, Delaware, <laughs> yeah, Delaware, maybe, yeah, Delaware. Name name a band from Delaware. Okay, I'm checking that shit out. Google it band now. From Delaware, I got you. Hold on. Some forty ones actually from Delaware or some shit. <laughs> no, they're Canadian, so we good. George Thorogood. Oh shit. Yeah, but he always gets claimed by the South for some reason. Well, Delaware that? technically is below the Mason Dixon, so I guess Cab well, Calloway is from there. Shit. Okay. Well, that's Cap Calloway. Uh, Luden Wainwright the third is from there. It's also pretty important. Uh, Boy sets fire. Yeah. <laughs> they do the and they do uh, lead us theme. Yes, they did. Stephen no, Marley was born car. there. Um, and now and now we're getting into people. I don't know who the fuck they are. Here's here's one. I'll here's one. I'll I'll, I'll counter with. I googled bands from Montana, and three of them are city symphony orchestras, and the last one listed are the University of Montana marching band. <laughs> so they don't have a whole lot going on here. I decided to look up um, to look up uh, Rhode Island. Rhode Island has given us at least one thing for sure that is amazing to me. And probably you guys too, Bill Conti. Okay. Gonna fly now. Oh my God, dude! Blue Cantrell. Okay. Oh shit! Blue Cantrell wrote one song. To Carolina Chocolate Immortality. Killed. You have not heard the Carolina Chocolate Drops. Knock out, hit them up style. I highly recommend you Google. Best, it. one of the better covers. God. You know, ignoring the. 
this is a really good uh, point of conversation, in my opinion. Ignoring the obvious fucking answers, which are always, I don't know, Jimi Hendrix doing All Along the Watchtower, Johnny Cash hurt, you know, shit like that. Ignoring the obvious shit. What are some of your favorite covers? Oh, man. Um, right off the jump. Um, and, and none of that like- fucking... Hold on, hold on. Bed Light for Blue Eyes uh, covering Jumper from um, Third Eye Blind. That's a good call. Really fucking good. Silver Sun, oh, not Silver Sun, Silver something covering Runaway was amazing too. Jeff Buckley covering Hallelujah. Silver Chair. Uh, not Silver Chair. That's, that's also kind of an obvious choice, isn't it? Jeff Buckley Hallelujah. I don't know. I, like, there have been so many. Hallelujah I would I would covers. argue that that probably most people think that's Jeff Buckley's original song. Maybe. Because who the fuck knows who Leonard Cohen is these ooh, days? Ooh, ooh, ooh. What about um Miley Cyrus's cover of Jolene? That's pretty pretty decent, but I I I have a hard time ever saying you you beat out the original on Jolene. No, um, you can never beat the original, but it's a good cover. UB forties red, red wine. <laughs> okay. Okay. Don't hate. No, well, I, mean, I, I don't I, hate. I think it's a good call. I tell you what I don't like is the modern uh, uh, movie trailer cover thing. Yeah, when it's like they play it slowly. With like yeah, it's a, just kind of a slow, boring, plotting some, thing. And then like, oh shit, breezy it's the CNC girl. Music Factory. You know, and it's like... Things that make you go Ah, uh, you, Jimmy Ray, you fucking just shut up. <laughs> no, my favorite, one of my favorites is um, Tool did a cover of No Quarter by Led Zeppelin. Yeah. I remember jamming out to that. Long. <laughs> the motherfucker you, rules. I've, the studio version is 12, um, and that's the only one I've, I've really heard. I've heard the live maybe once, but yes, that is an amazing cover. You remember that's playing great. that on the radio station in college? Yes, I do. It's a good smoke break song. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it, I'll be back in 20. I might take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Let's Fuck. see. Ah. Um, Tainted Love from Soft Cell. Mad World. Mad World, yeah. Torn from Natalie and Ruglia. I, You know, there's one that I miss, and it was kind of... Uh, um, it, it sort of preceded the YouTube thing where, like, anybody would be like, here's a rap song, but I'm white and doing it on an acoustic guitar. And, you know, it just got kind of annoying after a while. But um, there was some Irish kid on YouTube. I saw this, like, six years ago or something, <laughs> maybe even longer. But um, he did a cover of Crank That Soldier Boy. <laughs> Oh, but, but he was Irish and his and his co-singer was Irish and they just sort of sound like the proclaimers doing it. <laughs> so I'm going to share a link with you guys um, in our chat, but I'm going to talk about it on here too. One of my favorite websites is Cover Me. Uh, it's CoverMeSongs.com. It's yeah. literally nonstop, like cover on cover on cover. If you don't, if you've never heard of a cover, like it's an amazing setup. Like the first post. To, that's up today is the 50 best Paul McCartney covers ever. I mean, come Guns on. Guns and Roses. Live and Let Die. 
that yeah shoot that's um, a great one. Oh fuck my brain oh 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 oh, oh um because i know you'll agree with me on this will be um was it uh denzel curry did bulls on parade oh that's a fucking oh, great cover yes i really wanted to be like just uh oh, dissenting voice geez. just because but i can't with that one listen listen if you've never seen it, there used to be a thing they would do at NPR, I think, or somewhere. It's on YouTube. And it was like a, a you know, a prize wheel, right? And they'd have a band come in and spin the wheel and they would have to cover the song. So Guar came in. Is this the, oh, is this Kansas? No, they no. came in. And, they came in and spun it, and had to do West End Girls by the Pet Shop Boys, and it fucking rules. <laughs> That's funny. I've seen them have to cover. Um, They've been the there a Young few Wayne times. Son, yeah, and it was and, so great. And they never, ever, ever back down. They're just like, "Fuck it, yeah, we're doing it." Man, um, let's see. And girls, West End Girls, is a great song though. So can't be mad about that. Yeah, you can't be mad at it because it's great. Oh, they also covered She Bop. Hmm. It's, a, it's great you think about these, these cover songs and stuff like that because you got to dig real deep to find ones that people don't know, you know? Well, you got to dig real deep to find ones where people also actually put some effort into it, I think. Oh, yeah, sure. You know, it's, I, I feel like it's it's less impressive to me if you do a note for note perfect cover. Yeah, I agree. You need to reimagine it for uh, sure. Yeah, it fucking bores me. You know, I, I want like this thing where Guar is doing West End Girls. I want it to sound like the band doing it while still kind of getting something new out of it. So, you got me thinking. When you mentioned Jimi Hendrix and his cover of, of Dylan, Dylan now, when he performs that song, he performs it using the, the Hendrix version. So, is it kind of like he's doing a cover of his own cover? Sorry, I was getting some ice in. I mean, yeah, but that's kind of the cool thing about music, you know? is that I don't think he's doing necessarily a cover of his own cover. I think he's doing a cover of the proper evolution of the song. And I think mm. he sees it that way. He didn't hear Jimi Hendrix's version and go, oh, he's just taking my work and kind of tweaking it. He heard it Jimi Hendrix's version and said, okay, that makes sense as the as what that song should be now. It, and, and I think that that's probably not too dissimilar or too foreign to him as, as somebody who started off in folk music because that's pretty common in folk music you know so another favorite two favorites of mine um both rage against the machine um the ghost of tom joad maggie's farm for sure uh and maggie's farm absolutely yeah. but microphone fiend microphone fiend oh yes microphone fiend from rage is the most amazing cover to me because they basically like Mosh out to E F F E C T smooth operator operating correctly, and they just go off. It's amazing. 
one that I will never, ever, ever, if I didn't hear it again for the rest of my life, I'd be happy. Whiskey in the Jar. And I, I hate Whiskey in the Jar as a song. So Yeah, but Metallica's version especially. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Oh, um, God, for them. Ugh. One of the best things you can do, guy, if you are a, a cover fiend, is like go on and you can do the BBC Radio One, um, and those are great. But and this is what the Denzel Curry one came from. Find Triple J's Like a Version, which is uh, a series from um, Triple J down in Australia. It is so fantastic. If you've ever said to yourself, you know what, I wonder what Hotel California would sound like played with um, a jazzy note and sung in French. Mm -hmm. They got that for you. It is so cool. It's like they they got some amazing shit. Um, The BBC, they introduced me to the Foo Fighters knocking out band on the run. And go down to Triple J and they introduced me actually to Merle Haggard, who I hated or I thought I hated until I actually heard somebody else sing his songs. It's just covers will open your mind in a way that like people sleep on, in my opinion. If you hate a certain genre, but you hear the right person sing it, it's like a gateway drug. I'm really into covers. I got like a almost one to 200 song playlist on Spotify with just covers. I actually have one too, but I got, I got it from uh, Charlie and Ben. I've got one myself, but it's very specified and um, it's still a work in progress. Oh, yo, living color covering who shot you is so fucking dope. <laughs> That's my official cover title here. Living color who shot you and the remakes they did with Tech Nine. So fucking good. Um, for songs by bands that are the best version of that song is by uh, my uh, current working uh, you know here like um, California Sun by the Ramones is just the best version of California Sun that's just all there is to it Stevie Ramon doing Little Wing is the best version of Little Wing Pendulum covering um, Violent Hill from Coldplay, and then Pendulum covering The Catalyst by Linkin Park. I don't even want to listen to the other versions. It's just so good. I don't deal with no Coldplay. Well, I didn't say Coldplay, motherfucker. I said Pendulum. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, keep fighting with a sick man. See where it gets you. It, it's basically like punching down. I may as well just like... Yeah, you just, shoot, just keep shooting these fish, huh? Yeah, this is the easy barrel. Yeah, you know what you get after that? Nothing. Barrel full of fish parts. What are you going to do with that? Hoisted by your own petard. Cook them, I guess, because they're fish parts. Mmm. Fish chunk. Yeah, a fry. I don't even know why I'm arguing with you. I'm not even that serious right now. I don't, I don't, even, I don't even have any idea. To be honest with you. Take time out of your day to listen to the pendulum cover of Violet Hill. It's fantastic. I will, I will do that based on your recommendation alone. 
but then again, I'm going to recommend Pendulum in general. They're an amazing group. I love Pendulum, so I'm I'm with you on that. And what about the the Probots doing all those covers of Queen? Oh yeah, fuck yeah, they did a whole run of those. Oh, so good, dude. So good. Princes of the Shit. Universe. Yeah, you can just just sit back and vibe to that shit. Fantastic. Fucking great. Mm. Strawberry Letter 23 by the Brothers Johnson. Um, Maxwell covering this woman's work. Man, there's a name. You fucking threw out Maxwell. Dude, I got two or three of his albums. No, and- no, Maxwell fucking rules. It's just, you remember when he was going to be like part of the new shit? I mean, he's, he does grown shit. His shit is still good. Um, I'm saying it's not good. I'm saying there was a time when it seemed that uh, that kind of neo soul was going to take over. Yeah, that. Yeah, the that Maxwell, D'Angelo, like, kind of era. Problem with that was like pop came right on the heels of it and it just dominated it. Neo soul still exists. You know, but it just exists on. Well, Pop came and dominated, and uh, D'Angelo released one of, in my opinion, pound for pound, the greatest albums of all time. But that was certainly not uh, what people were expecting when they watched the music video with his cum gutters on it. They were expecting an album full of slinky, sexy jams, and Voodoo was not that. No was raw and amazing yeah d'angelo d'angelo got himself pigeonholed because he had such a croony style voice that that could take people back but that wasn't Man. who he is i mean the theme the baseline for, for devil's pie hits oh. the theme song he did for red dead redemption 2 is still fantastic oh the the the, the whole uh d'angelo and the vanguard uh, was amazing just mm-hmm. great comeback very glad to see it very glad that he's doing good i'm about to give maxwell some listens though yeah um the album with pretty wings oh my god dude. spins some spins on some some maxwell some erica badu and i, I don't fucking know give me another one indiari <laughs> <laughs> yo was indiari in that run anthony hamilton yeah anthony hamilton <laughs> He's from, he, he's from fucking over here in Hidden Valley, where my, my wife's people came from. Sitting here, yes, I didn't make bail. Got time and a story to tell. God damn, dude. That dude was, that dude was hard. Loved his stuff. Welcome that, to the Neo Soul Social Club. Uh, <laughs> yo, I'm not gonna lie. If I could do a podcast with Neo Soul, I would. Y'all want to listen to that new Raphael Sadiq? Ugh. I've seen him live. He's really fucking good. I like how he went to that '60s sound. Mm-hmm. It's a good look. It's a good look for him. Um, he was opening for John Legend. That was a performance right there. I don't know that I necessarily care that much for John Legend. I don't know. I'm not really a fan either. Nah. It, yeah, that's it's kind of the, it, that's all he inspires him. He's just kind of like, eh. He's, it's like he's fine. Yeah, he's he's he is he is cromulent. He is the definition of that fucking word. 
<clears throat> yeah. I like him. It's just good. I don't, I don't listen to it, a lot of it. Um, Do you go but, out of your way to listen to it ever, though? It sounds like shit that plays when I get pedicures. You go, you go to a pretty cool place then, I guess. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I go to wherever they won't complain too much about my terrible feet. Um, I do kind of go out of my way for certain ones of his songs. Like, all of me got played out, obviously. Yeah. Um, 100%. But like uh, that was still the first song that played when my first son was born over the PA system. So kind of has a special place in my heart. It's kind of a cheat. Well, you know? of course it has but a special place in your heart. Yeah, yeah. It followed it up with Kid, it followed up with Kid Rock's picture. So I mean, like I don't have many choices on this. So. <laughs> um, God damn! But his first album, Get Lifted, um, with Ordinary People. Oh, yeah. uh, when I used to love you, those are good fucking songs. Oh man, when I used to love you was a jam. Holy um, shit, I'd forgotten about that one. I even, I even, I obviously really like Greenlight because Andre on it. Man, that song has great production. Did Kanye handle that one? Yep. Yeah. That was back when Kanye was great. Still, it was Polo Kanye, wasn't it? Yep. Shedding off the backpack, putting on the polo, looking good. Yep. Donda was still yeah. alive. Things were right with the world. Used to love you has a great, great, great Come on, man. See, that's that time. That's the time in Kanye's life. Like, if you think about like um, dilated peoples in this way, yeah, like that was the perfect Kanye right there. Like those samples that he did then were great. Mm-hmm. I just feel like. For me, he died after um, after so my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. I don't I don't think he did anything else after that. I I'm mean, sure he's it, gone. being honest with you, and, and this is not me saying I wish Kanye was dead or anything like that, but just speaking on mythology, right? Yeah. If Kanye died after that album was released, yeah, it would be a all hands down classic rock and roll story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just a hundred percent releases this thorny gigantic overblown beautiful classic album and then just disappears and then even his fucking b-sides from it are are fucking bangers like it's everything man that's like a Chris, run man christian dior denim flow if you've never heard that song go find it christian dior denim flow amazing ah and you this can't find that shit on spotify either like you have to grasp something. Mm-hmm. Kanye did college dropout in 03. Yep. Right. Half of it done while he was recovering from having his face basically smashed into bits. Yep. Right. Like like Barber Beefcake. Then in 04, he produced that John Legend album to come back in 05 and do late Ridge. I mean, no. that's just a fucking run. I do to this day, I will never forget going and seeing Kanye West uh in Melbourne, Australia, like right at the late registration dropped. Yeah. Oh my god, it was him and fucking consequence was there and common was there. Yo, I wasn't ready. The song is produced by Kanye West. That's what I want. Well, real quick, how do you yeah. guys find new music? 
sometimes I just kind of like, I'll get on YouTube and I'll be like, new hip hop. And like, there'll be like a, <laughs> there'll be like a playlist somebody made. And I'll be like, all right, I'll mm-hmm. listen to this, see what's going on. And like, so, you know, I've, I've heard, you know, my fair share of like, uh, you know, Fabio Foreign and Pooh Shiesty. Sometimes I, I don't escape stuff from Twitter. You know, I, I knew about the Drake album drop. So yeah. I've listened to a little bit of it. Um, for one, I, I use like the cover me site that I showed you. Um, yeah. Just finding new people and then going out and reading, you know, or listening to them some more. Um, this one dude who did an amazing Whitney Houston cover that like, and then I read on the rest of his shit. It's great. And then, you know, you can curate your shit with Spotify and uh, just type in one song and start letting Spotify suggest shit for you. That can help. Um, it's weird, too, because, like, at this age, I, I have officially hit the age where I don't really want to hear what's on the radio ever. Yeah. I like some it. radio stuff. Uh, I just... I stumble upon certain things, you know, that I, I hadn't heard, you know. I am so late to the Mac Miller train, for example. Um, but, like, I've started listening to him in the last couple months, and I'm just like, oh, fuck, I can't believe I missed this dude. I mean, there's still great shit out there. Um, yeah, I, I, do was, like, I do like finding something that, like, I maybe ignored a little bit mm-hmm. or, like, just, you know... I get to it later and then I do get to it later and I'm like, Oh shit. There's like, you know, an entire world for me to enjoy. I love actually catching on to shit when other people aren't catching on to it anymore or they've moved on or whatever. Cause I really don't like getting caught up in like the zeitgeist of shit. You know, I just like to find some shit and just enjoy it. You don't like the zeitgeist. <clears throat> what about you, Josh? I so I started kind of looking into this recently uh, to see if there was a way to or see if there were like websites or like apps out there that would leverage my what I listen to on Spotify to help me find things that like I like because um a lot of the old torrent sites used to do that and that's how I discovered a lot of the new like the, the new music at the time and uh, there are a couple out there that are really interesting like everynoise.com has a new releases thing and it's just like a huge list of genres and stuff that you would never even think about, like uh, Belgian hip hop or some shit like that. <laughs> like, oh, just like rocks and Belgian hip hop in my day. So there's that, that's and a, there's like a, a couple of couple of different things, like um, you know, Spotify Uncharted is a big one. I, I just learned that Bun B has a new CD out. There you go. Rashi, where were they from? But yeah, Iceland. it's. That's kind of how I do it. I I like I go the uh, let the algorithm do it for me type way. Oh shit! New releases by genre. All right, all right, all right. I'm, I'm kind of figuring out this site that you just sent out. Yeah, no. So Soldier Boy just released an album. Apparently. <laughs> all right. <laughs> mm. Lupe Fiasco just released Drill Music in Zion 2. Yep. <laughs> All, right. All right, I'm here. I'm here. I'm listening. You know. I've heard Logic's new album is dope as fuck. I need to listen to that too, yeah. Chris Brown released something. Too bad I'll never listen to it. Go fuck yourself. Um, I was about to say, I don't know. You can talk about him. 
Not me. I didn't mind the, the little bit that I listened to of Honestly, Never Mind. It's definitely house music influenced. I'm with that. Chris, uh, Chris Brown? No, Drake's. Oh, Drake's, yeah. Um, I still maintain that I could beat Drake in a rap battle. Eminem apparently has a song on the Elvis soundtrack featuring CeeLo. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, I've I've read some reviews of that Elvis movie, by the way, and it sounds like it's completely unhinged. <laughs> like, imagine Boz Lerman and no one saying no to him about anything. Like, it's getting <laughs> real intense, real fast. I'm so amped, oh. truly. As somebody with a velvet Elvis on his wall, I'm here. Let's 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 make it happen. God damn. And some of these folks I don't know of, and I need to. I think, like, uh, I, I've, I've, I don't know Trips Mashad. Or when Brick Babies get out of jail. Let's see. Wow. Oh, no, man. he is. He is still going to be in jail for a minute. No, that's a sad thing. Now that DMX is gone, who do we have to determine, you know, when somebody's in jail or not? <laughs> it's not fun anymore, you know? <sighs> it's unfortunate. Yeah, that's, you know, the struggle. We miss you, D. <clears throat> arf, arf. Yeah. <laughs> Mind your business, lady. Oh, my God. I was listening to Eminem's "Not Afraid Today," and I was like, "This is just, this is just, this is just slipping by a white boy. That's all this is." <sighs> I miss the Rough Riders. That was a good time in hip hop. Name five. Five what? Rough Riders. Dragon, She Gooch. Um, I mean, I could just basically name the whole Locks crew and just. <laughs> You could, I guess. <laughs> I guess if you Eve. just wanted to name every member of the locks, you could think like that. Eve. Eve, uh, yeah. Swiss Beats. Um, what am I up to now? Four? Yep, four. Okay, Janicus. <laughs> there you go. Now I'm going to have to like, see who else that I've forgotten. Yeah, who'd, about. who'd, you, who'd you miss? You know, it's like that's. It's like the everybody missing the spliff star on flip mode. Nobody's missing spliff star. <laughs> Listen, if you don't mention him, you are missing him. Oh, young one. Yeah, okay. I remember young one. Cassidy was a rough rider. All right. Yo, I'm a hustler. I'm a, I'm a hustler. I'm a hustler. Big stand. At least no big stand. A little bit. Fiend. AKA International Jones. <laughs> Mostly known for his time with Master P's No Limit Records. Well, then why is he on the list? Motherfucker. Young One dropped that song, Tear It Up, with the uh, with the marching band on it, which was dope as hell. Man. One of their in-house producers was named Dame Grease, which seems cool until you find out that his real name was Damon Blackman, which is <laughs> the coolest. I mean, why would you even do anything else? Yeah, that's a good question. That's, that's a that's yeah. a Ricky Steamboat Richard Blood thing for sure. That's just like, no, that's that that's not real. You're not real, no, sir. You're gonna have to find something else. I'm trying to think of the 
Now I'm trying to think of like in a rap crew, who would you say is the, is the least important member? Obviously, it's it's like the dude who just does the hype stuff. Like, I look uh, forward, freaky Zeke. Yeah. Real quick, I look forward to whoever this episode really caters to because they are a very unique individual. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> that is very, very true. Probably in their mid-30s, care about grocery stores. Well, have some opinions about Hell Rel. <laughs> <sighs> Almost scared to ask my wife to listen. I'm kind of surprised here. I'm looking at the diplomats. I thought there were at least 75 of those motherfuckers. Mm. There's like four people. <sighs> four people and one of them's freaky Zeke. Well, on that note, I am crashing. So I'm having a really hard <laughs> oh, time. Oh, I'm now. crashing too, everybody. I'm talking I'm here talking about freaky Zeke. Somebody pull the plug on my ass. Yeah, no. At uh at some point we'll do the rap beef episode. I have no idea <laughs> when. Um but yeah, uh, thank you guys for listening. Yeah, this was uh, episode 28 of the Carolina Social Club podcast. And uh, for some clickbait, you know, whoever you thought won the rap battle of you, that you want to talk about, you're wrong. There you go. <laughs> I look forward to someone being like, so you're a Machine Gun Kelly fan, I guess. <laughs> Listen, I will not deal with Machine Gun Kelly in anything. I don't give a shit about anything Machine Gun Kelly has ever done. Um, Machine Gun Kelly could have had beef with Chuck D, and unless that beef ended with Chuck D fucking giving him a Stone Cold Stunner, I wouldn't give half a fuck. Well, there you go. So, final thought for the episode is fuck Machine Gun Kelly. Bye! How long can you go? I hope Chuck D gives you the the, the ace cutter. Good night, everybody. Fucking bitch. Yeah, bro.